In Romans 6, Paul has this great line where he says followers of Jesus are to be dead to sin. It's a line that maybe many of you have heard before, but what does that actually mean? And what are the implications for us today? Well, that's precisely what we're going to tackle in this episode as we look at the Lenten season, Resurrection Sunday, but then this key idea around dead to sin that sits between the two. Hey, welcome to the teaching series. I'm Brad Gray, and I'm thrilled you're tuning in. You know, the Bible can be difficult to understand, and typically the confusion occurs when we try to read the Bible devoid of its context. Context is everything, and yet the vast majority of people have never been taught how to engage the Bible in its original context of history, geography, cultural backgrounds, and more. At Walking the Text, we create resources to help people understand the Bible in its original context so that they can learn, love, and live it out every day. This podcast is the audio version of our video-based series that you can find at walkingthetext.com or on our YouTube channel at Walking the Text. As you grow in your understanding of biblical context, you'll read the Bible with greater clarity and confidence than ever before. With that in mind, let's jump into our episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode in the teaching series, but not just another episode. It's our 150th episode. That feels like a significant milestone right there. So I'm really excited about that. Two other things I'm really excited about is that if you are watching or listening to this on the release date, we are just about two weeks away from celebrating the resurrection. Easter is coming and I'm elated about that. And then that means that we are in the midst of the Lenten season. And that's the third thing that I am really excited about is what this season of Lent has meant to me over the last 15 plus years or so, and what it means for just followers of Jesus over the last 2,000 years. And so I just want to walk you through just briefly what Lent is, because for many of us, this is not something that we celebrate, or we hear the word Lent and we say, well, that's just something my Catholic friends do. Or if you're watching this and you're a Catholic, you may go, yeah, I know this has been part of our heritage, but I'm not sure exactly why we do it. So when it comes comes to Lent, Lent is a period of time that begins with Ash Wednesday and it concludes on Silent Saturday, which is of course wedged between the cross, Good Friday, and Resurrection Sunday, the empty tomb. And it's actually a period of 46 days, but most people have heard of Lent as a 40-day journey. Why is that? Well, there are six Sundays between Ash Wednesday and Silent Saturday, and those six Sundays are considered to be mini Easters, so they're not counted in the reckoning. So it is often stated it is a 40-day journey to Resurrection Sunday. And for those of you who are like 40, that's a good biblical number. It is a good biblical number indeed. In fact, we did an entire episode on the significance of the number 40 in the Bible. We did it two years ago when I turned 40 years old. And so you can go back and check out episode 100 to get more of the context behind the number of 40. But this is a number that shows up all throughout the Bible. 
And when you look at all the stories where there's 40, whether it's 40 years or 40 days, 40 is a number that is talking about trials or testing or refinement. It is a period of time that you go through that does something significant to you. And that is what the Lenten season was designed to do. It originally began as a period of time for new converts to Jesus to prepare themselves for Resurrection Sunday for Easter when they were going to be baptized. But over the course of church history, it has moved from just a 40 day of preparation for new converts to all followers of Jesus to go through a process of preparation in anticipation for Easter Sunday. And I know for me, Lent has taken on great significance over the last 15 years or so because I don't know about you, but I'm willing to bet this is true. Easter is one of those celebrations that can sneak up on us.、Uh, Easter is the greatest day of the entire year, and yet for many of us, we are reminded that Easter is coming when we come to a Sunday service and it's Palm Sunday, and we're like, oh yeah, Easter is next week. Now, this is very different than Christmas. Christmas doesn't change. It's December 25th every single year. And the department stores and online ads remind us in September that December is coming. But Easter changes every single year. And there's a number of reasons for that. But some years it's in March, other years it's in April, like it is this year. And it's one of those things that can sneak up on us. But Lent is a way for Easter not to sneak up on us. But even more than that, it gives us a period of time to work through some things that may be going on on the inside. And the idea is, is that when you begin with Ash Wednesday, you begin with a dark and somber service to be reminded of our mortality. To be reminded of our frailty. And then you move through the Lenten season, and the idea is, is that you emerge from the darkness as you are drawn into the light and celebration of Resurrection Sunday. And so, this is an image that I've been centering myself around about the idea of moving from darkness to light and to get to the truth and the celebration of Resurrection Sunday. Which reminds us, of course, of what Jesus did on the cross and in an empty tomb. And it goes back to the beginning of the story where God creates a good world. And then in Genesis 2, he says to Adam, There is a tree that I do not want you to take from. It is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you take from it, You will surely die. And this was God's way of introducing this idea to Adam that sin and death are linked. That Adam, if you sin, death comes with it because they are linked together. And when Adam and Eve took from that tree, sin and death and brokenness and pain and chaos invaded the beautiful story that God had brought into existence and the goodness of what God had created. Was fractured. And the whole rest of the biblical story is about how God is getting his good world back. And we see this most emphatically with what Jesus did on that last week of his earthly life before going to a cross. Because where this all broke down in a garden in Genesis 3, John tells us in his gospel in chapter 19 that where Jesus was crucified was. 
in the midst of a garden. And so it pulls us back into the story and we are reminded that there was a tree and Adam did not obey God about the tree. And then we find Jesus on a tree in the garden and God essentially says to Jesus, I need you to obey me about the tree. And Jesus does. And on Friday, Jesus dies for the sins of the world. And then on Sunday, he conquers death, validating his sacrifice on Friday, but conquering death and then shattering the connection between sin and death. And Jesus conquered both on Friday and Sunday. And so as a result, we know this, that this is what gives us hope both now and forevermore. That is the light of Easter that we are walking towards. And the idea here is that as we are moving through the darkness to the light, we want to take stock of anything in our own lives that is still stuck in darkness. And so for me, each year, I center myself around an image and then a passage that reminds me of the importance of the Lenten season. And my passage this year comes out of Romans. And Romans is this amazing letter that Paul writes to the church, the followers of Jesus in Rome. And this is an amazing treatise, if you will, on what it is to be rescued and redeemed from slavery and then the life you are called to live as a result of that. And so when it comes to Romans, Paul launches in the first couple of chapters to establish this realization that because of sin, we all have fallen short of what God has called us to do. We have all sinned and with sin comes death. Uh, a famous passage that many of you know is Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so sin has messed up everything. And as a result, we have been separated from God because of sin. But right on the heels of this, Paul reminds us that and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So yes, all have sinned and they have fallen short of the glory of God, but because of what Jesus did on our behalf, we can be justified in the eyes of God. Now, justified is connected to this word justification, which is a technical Christian religious term and a very important one. In fact, all of our salvation is based around this idea of justification. And so a working definition for us is this. It's the legal declaration. It's literally like a court of law term of being made right with God because of faith in Christ Jesus, whose righteousness is, and here's another really fancy but important term, imputed to us. So because of what Jesus did on the cross and in the empty tomb, when we come into relationship with Jesus Christ, when we experience salvation, God doesn't look at our brokenness and our sin. When God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus in us because when we are attached to Jesus, we are hidden within Christ and Jesus's righteousness becomes our own and therefore we are justified before God. 
And so this is what Paul is stating as he is making his case in Romans. And then right on the heels of the justification, he starts working through sanctification, another religious word, but again, incredibly important. And sanctification comes on the heels of justification. And sanctification is the path and process of being shaped into the likeness of Christ in collaboration with and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when we experience salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit is working within us to move us into ever-increasing likenesses of Jesus Christ. But it's not something that the Holy Spirit does devoid of our involvement. It's something that we collaborate with the Holy Spirit on in order to grow into sanctification, meaning we have a part to play in the sanctification process. It's why we study God's word. It's why we pray. It's why we plead with God and join in community that God would empower us to do the very things that he is calling us to do in the world, that we're experiencing transformation in our own lives and that we become a conduit through which God uses us to impact other people and for God's kingdom to advance here on earth as it is in heaven. And so Paul is in the process of this sanctification argument, and he is reminding followers of Jesus in Rome the implications of what Christ has done on our behalf and therefore how we can move forward in our sanctification process. And so that's kind of like the context and the lead up to the significant passage that we find in Romans 6, verses 6 and 7 that go like this. Paul writes, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. And the implication is, is that when we come into relationship, when we are justified, then we die to sin because Jesus's righteousness has become our own and Jesus conquered both sin and death. And Paul is saying that we should no longer be slaves to sin because prior to salvation, we were a slave to sin, that our impulse was towards sin. But Paul is saying, now that you have been justified and now that you are working through the sanctification process, you should no longer be slaves to sin. And then he goes on and says a couple of other things. And then here is the passage that we're going to really anchor ourselves on for the last few minutes of this episode. Paul then says in verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And here's our key phrase, to count yourselves dead to sin. Many times we have this notion that we are sinners that have been saved by grace, and that is absolutely true. But we defer to our sinful nature as the reason for which why we continue to struggle with sinful things. And we'll say things like, well, I'm a sinner saved by grace, but that's, that's my impulse, that's my inkling, that's just what I do, that's how I am wired. Paul says that was true before you came into salvation with Jesus Christ. But once you have come into salvation with Jesus Christ, you are no longer 
under the authority of sin. You are under the authority of Jesus Christ. And so therefore we are called to be dead to sin and to recognize that sin does not have mastery over us. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to at times fall back into bad habits or to make mistakes. Like, that is still part of our nature. But rather than saying, I'm a sinner saved by grace, we are a saint who now still sins. But the impulse and where we're supposed to be moving towards is away from sin and closer and closer into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And the reason why we're having this conversation during this season of Lent is because for me, this year has been about where am I still struggling with certain things in my life that are sinful that I need to be dying to, but maybe in some way, shape, or form, I have been excusing. And I've been saying, well, it's not that big of a deal or it's just a little thing over here. But to look at it and to go, no, I am supposed to be dead to sin. It does not master me. Jesus is my master. And that's the direction that I need to be moving towards. And so sometimes in our lives, we know that there are things that we are struggling with, but we just don't take a concentrated time to deal with that thing we know is looming in the shadows or under the surface. And Lent is a season to be able to do that. But at other times, we may not even be aware of what's unfolding in the midst of our lives. I remember a number of years ago, we were hanging out with some friends and my oldest son, Denyan, at the time was like five or six years old. And as he was playing with his friends, they had a, a video game console and Denyan did not have one of these things. And they were playing with this game and they handed it over to Denyan and he started to play it. And as we're kind of having conversation as, you know, couples here, I turn over and look at my son Denyan, who's about 15 feet away. And this is what I saw. He was so enamored with the video game that he had peed, and because this was a decline, it had been trailing into the lowest part. And as I was revisiting this photo not too long ago, I thought that is such a great image about what the Lenten season is for is that sometimes we have been moving so quick or we're so focused on some things that we don't even realize that we are making a mess of ourselves and that sin is prevalent in our lives and others may be able to look and see what's going on, but we are completely oblivious to the fact that we are soiling ourselves and leaving a mess. Lent is a season to catch this to deal with things in our own lives that we're aware of, as well as to ask God to reveal things in our lives that we aren't aware of, but they're actually messing things up. And Paul says, you are dead to sin. It does not have mastery over you. So walk as people in the light who are walking in the freedom of the resurrection and are dealing with things that are keeping them back in the darkness. 
And so maybe for you over these next couple of weeks that you just take some time and if you haven't been engaging the Lenten season, that now is a great time to just pause and consider. And if you're watching this outside of the Lenten season, this is not something just for the season of Lent. This is a a habit, a rhythm that we need to have in life where we're coming before God on a regular basis and saying, God, reveal anything in my life that you are not pleased with, that is hindering me, that I know I need to deal with. Draw me into the light. Let's deal with what thing is there and help me to move into a greater amount of freedom in Christ Jesus. So friends, may that be true for you this Lenten season. May you be dead to sin. May you walk towards the light of the resurrection. And may you experience the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and healing that comes by being drawn into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. So thanks so much for watching. Thanks for listening. And always, may you walk out the text well in your life.